A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, and the button for your music at a rational volume podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Kyle. And this week we are talking about another greatest album ever created by Peewins on planet Earth. Nate, it's one of your favorites. Tell us more about it. It is one of my favorites. There are a few albums that I love top to bottom and can listen to just everything and enjoy all of it. Uh, the one we're going to talk about this week is an album by Joel Plaskett and the Emergency called Ashtray Rock. Um, I think I got it when it came out. It was released in 2007. Right. And uh, it is complicated and it is multi-genre ball of goodness and that um, I love everything about it. I have nothing bad to say about any of it. And so this is going to be a <laughs> probably not very interesting from my perspective because like, I'm just going to say it's all good. No, it is all good. And this is one that I think we both like quite a bit. You really introduced me to this by endlessly putting these songs on playlists over the yes, years. But um, yeah, listening to it top to bottom, it's very, very good. Yes. I, I think generally it would go in kind of the power pop vein, but um, there's some different types of pop music on this. But he did, he definitely dives work. into a lot of different flavors. The thing I was noticing on the last listen was it it he's listed as an indie guy. Right. Which doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. That just means you're not part of the corporate machine. You're which, not on a major label. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, here's a guy who loves the classic stuff. He loves the, the modern stuff. He loves the rock. He loves just all of it is kind of part of him. And right. so the, these songs are all different, but they all have a through line kind of sound. So even though they go like there's some doo-wop stuff in, in some of them and there's some yep. um, almost alt country kind of stuff to it. Yes. And there's some straight ahead rock stuff to it, but it all has this kind of through line of the ashtray rock record is, is so it's all in the same um, you know, core DNA. Yeah, no, I think it's cohesive. It doesn't seem like he's trying to be overly clever. And you know, I'm going to make this one like a dancey one. I may make this one more of a, a poppy one. I'm going to make, I think he just kind of wrote what he wrote, but all those influences just seem to come out because it certainly does seem like a cohesive project. Like that all goes together. It doesn't yeah, seem jagged sure. or, or, any skippable tracks or anything you know that you kind of wince at um but i think it, it just some songs come out differently just because he's got a wide musical vocabulary right no i think that's that's exactly right i think the the helpful thing is it is a concept record in the in the fact that it's a high school memory um kind of thing where he's kind of telling a story through song. I mean, the songs aren't narrative. The songs are all good by themselves, but they, they all kind of p- 
pieced together to form this kind of story. And I think that helps in maintaining um, a heart and soul of it, even though kind of the quote unquote genre elements might be a little bit different. Yeah. But if you, you look on Spotify, people really aren't giving this uh, a lot of do, which is kind of weird. The, the, ones that were released as singles are the most downloaded. Um, those aren't my favorites, but um, they're certainly not bad. Like I said, nothing bad on this. And if you kind of dig into it more and you, you understand the story, for me, it's more enjoyable. Because the lyrics don't seem like anything was wasted. There was a couple that were put in there. Okay, that's probably in there because it sounds cool or it rhymes. But it really does seem to tell a story in each one. But like you said, you can still listen to the tracks individually and, and enjoy them just as great songs. Yeah. Like everybody had the people and the places that he talks about in Drunk Teenagers. And, um, or, or you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't a documentary, it's a semi autobiographical love triangle that he may or may not have you know participated in or seen from afar or whatever or maybe it's all made up who cares you know well but, he's been put apparently according to the interviews he'd been putting this together since he was 17 and some of his early bandmates in his other band thrush hermit um he has been on record saying that they would recognize a lot of themselves in the songs right I, so I, seen that I, too. I think I think it's because it's been sitting on his brain. It, it had been sitting on his brain for such a long time. Um, I think it's had a chance to, to percolate and grow. And Well, that's kind of the amazing thing, it. too, because some of the songs were older songs. Because he didn't just write this all in a year. Stuff's been kind of kicking around, and right. somehow he pieced them together and uh, finally put it out. And it, it does sound uh, like it like it all goes together just fine. Yeah, no, I, I think, like I said, it is, for me, it's a perfect record. I know, particularly with the reviewers, it got some love. Like, it was on, it was nominated for the Polaris Prize there in Canada. Well, tell people is, what that is, exactly. Uh, let's see, the Polaris Prize is a music award given annually. So, once a year, they give it to the best full-length Canadian album based on artistic merit, regardless of genre sales or record label. So a lot of it saying this is a subjective prize and we're going to give it to who we like. <laughs> right. But for that, I think to be eligible and I could be way off on this. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, but I think it has to be, well, it's got to be a Canadian artist, and I believe it has to be recorded in Canada. Something like that. Or at least a, uh, you're a portion probably, of it has to be. You're probably I correct. Rush, I know Rush fell into that a lot yeah they were crapped on a couple times where they were recording in america or britain and they're like why can't you just do that in canada and like well because you know for whatever reason right and And, you know i get i get that they want to promote you know the canadianness of it and you know that's totally their prerogative totally their their thing um but they gave the prize that year to a dude named patrick watson I don't know if you had heard that record of his. Nope. It's awful. 
<laughs> I just, well, I, there, there is nothing I, I like about it. It is tedious and I know, but the other ones up icky. for the prize that year, the Arcade Fire. Uh, I, I hate's kind of a strong word, but Bresnard Lakes, Feist. Uh, I don't really like any of those. Yeah, artists. Or bands, I'm sure they've got merits here and there, but I haven't uh, weeded any of them out yet. But this record, I think, is just fantastic. I think his voice is really easy to listen to, and so I think that's it should have been bigger. And I think it was in Canada, but I think what I like about the story, even though it takes place in in uh, somewhere near Halifax, but it's not necessarily a Canadian story. You know, this no. easily could have taken place in my hometown or where you grew up right? or, or anywhere. Well, kids are kids and teenagers are teenagers and yeah. you're going to get the, the place where it congregates to do stuff. They don't want their parents to see or don't want their parents to know about. In this case for Joel, it was a place called Ashtray rock. That's not a genre he's trying to create or <laughs> anything. It was just this rock that yeah. they would meet at, uh, to get drunk and pick up girls and you know do whatever teenage kids do yeah but again it, it is ubiquitous to use a popular term and it's like it doesn't have to be a specific town in canada to make it relatable uh ed robertson has talked a lot about sound songwriting in some interviews I've read, and he, he talks about how there's a lot of bands that like to go um, super general and super vague about their yeah. lyrics. Right. And he likes to do it the opposite way, where he thinks that if he's specific enough in things, you're going to be able to find a way to relate to the specific of the thing instead of the general of the thing. And I think in this case, that really works to Joel's benefit. Where in the specificity of it, you find, oh, hey, I knew a guy named Johnny hooked me up. Yeah. And I know a guy who, you know, did this or that. and Or the girl who I was interested in as a 17-year-old who it ended up crapping out. Like, you find those, those ties and those um, reference points. Exactly. Do you want to go through the tracks or do you want to talk about anything individual? Do you want to skip anything? Um, some of the highlights, I think um, the single quality ones, drunk teenagers, Astray rock, fashionable people. Petty and then for your thoughts. Yeah. Try to tell uh, There's, there's more than a few, but uh, yeah, those, I, but no, nothing more to say is my favorite song on the record. See, I, I know always, you like that one. Now, always when I was listening to Nothing More to Say this week, I'm like, is that taken from the point of view of his friend talking to the girlfriend who dumped him for Joel? It's really those three people, this yeah. love triangle. You got the girl. Joel stole her from the friend. He admits that at the at the end of the record. Mm. And he loses his friend over it. To me, it sounds like this friend is talking to the girl because it's kind of an angry song. Very, and yeah. it's, he's saying, you know, you had your chance when the truth came out and there's now I have nothing more to say to you. Because I thought, well, okay, she dumps Joel too later on. But 
then she writes him this letter, you know, saying, Hey, I'm in California and you know, it's fun. And it seems like they're kind of on friendly terms at least. Yeah. Or maybe he was more into her than she was into him, but she's like, Hey, I want to be, still want to be friends, but it doesn't seem like she would be writing to Joel if he had been singing this song to her. That's a good, that's a good point. It's a different perspective. I thought about, I'm like, maybe this is from his point of view. I don't know. Could be. I always took it as a relationship gone wrong, kind of a breakup song. kind of For sure. Which I think for the most part, you can do that. It's a very, on on the surface level, take it as a, you know, you screwed me over and, you know, now hit the bricks kind of a thing. But I was thinking about it in it maybe a different way. Maybe it's not breakup, maybe in that sense. Maybe it's a breakup of the friendship. You know, you know, hey man. <laughs> but still the fr- the friend then talking to Joel. Yeah. Like I know what you did. You know, you had your chance to apologize when the truth came out. But I got nothing more to say to you. I don't know. I think that's the beauty of that song is it yeah, can be. It certainly could be that too. Yeah. Yeah. It can be taken a couple of different ways. Yeah. Right. But I like that too. It means whatever you think it does. And you know, you don't have to be pounded over the head with it and say, Hey, by the way, this was actually written from this point of view on that. It can be however it fits into your own narrative. So. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was a, a good one. I know that was one of your favorites on there. Um, What's your favorite one? I really like Penny for Your Thoughts. Um, but Chinatown had some great lyrics, too. That's the that's definitely the apology one where Joel's apologizing to his friend that he lost. And he says, hey, I know you still carry this picture of her around, but China's not the same as Chinatown. It's like having the picture is not the same as having yeah. the girl. I thought, wow, that's some really clever lyrics. Yeah, and then he goes into uh, some other things where he's talking about uh, trying to set the record straight, and it's a long way back home. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. So kind of him saying, I screwed up where I want to be home is a long way from where I am, and I got a long way to go to get back to that guy I want to be. And not this right. guy turned out to be because he's like, yeah. I screwed up. He openly admits it. And um, I thought the lyrics were really good in that. What well, Through the whole thing, I think the lyrics are standout. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I, there's so many to, to pull. I don't know that I can pull a specific one, but I think those are some good examples of him just kind of nailing it. And I, I read a couple of reviews where they were like, this is peak Joel Plaskett. And I'm like, well, he's had some other really great songs over the years. Right. But I think in terms of albums, like I have most of his other ones. But this is the one where I think everything was working for him and everything. All the song craft and all the pieces and all everything he pulled to make this happen. Uh, just made a really, really good record. And I think. Yeah, some of the some of the crappy poetry you write in high school, you know, it's, it's further proof that you know just because you're young and maybe inexperienced doesn't mean that some of those words are meaningless or 
Yeah, it doesn't mean that what you have to say at that time is any less uh, viable or important than somebody who's 30 or 40 or 50 or 80. So a lot of emotions pouring out. And I don't know, like you said, maybe he wrote that down and said, you know, this actually, this part's not that bad. I'll keep this and put some things in. But I will say, though, uh, as far as critique of it, he did make a video for fashionable people, which is terrible. (laughs) It's a typical <laughs> low budget Canadian made on a, f- a phone or a hand ca- handheld camera. The, the lighting's terrible, you know, and he's got a sweater vest on. And it's supposed to be kind of clever and funny, but it's embarrassing. And I think it takes, yeah. to me, it kind of takes away from the imagery of the record. I'm like, this is not good, dude. Yeah, I th- it's easier for me to ignore that because I've seen uh, the first song I lo- I liked of uh, Joel Plaskett's was a song called no- "Nowhere with You," and back in the day, the only place to get it, or the only time a play, if I can learn how to talk, the only place it was available was on a kind of weird compilation with a DVD and a CD single kind Sorry. of thing, and it uh, so in order to get that song, you had to buy the a package deal and the the dvd had some of the videos that he made and they they're all that way they're all just like they need well, a i think their early bare naked were like that too right yeah no they yeah. dress terribly and it's like you know just goofing around i'm like you guys are actually good but yeah. this there's no stylist and there's played. no direction there's no way this is going to get played in america yeah. you know and if you're going to be making this because i watch i'm like i still like the song but this video sucks yeah no for the bernick ladies gordon should have been huge like that is such a good record it was huge but all of that <laughs> well yeah but they didn't have to well i guess <laughs> the the levels of acceptability on the the videos might have been um less but anyway point being I don't think ever they were going to crack America without a stylist, without a director, without some other like, you know, help in that in that vein. Because um, there's a DVD you can get of the Bernie Ladies uh, music videos where there's kind of a commentary track. Was it? But it's 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 a it's a visual as a video one of them kind of sitting in this like hotel room where they're just talking about the videos and cracking on themselves and making fun of themselves. And it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that one week hit when it did. Not only is it a good song, but it is also this kind of culmination of their development in being presentable to kind of a wider audience. Well, and that video is a ton better than some of that earlier crap. But when I first heard them, I mean, if I had a million dollars, I would like a Dr. Demento song you know yeah, they were not getting taken seriously at no because it's, it's a goof and it's and they had a few other songs on that first record which i like because i like that fun yeah. side of them and it's kind of a canadian sense of humor i think right you know yeah, kind of sure. dry and and uh, self-deprecating and all that which is great but you are actually a rock band and you want people to know that right but even one, i think one week kind of an anomaly yeah, no, I, I think that was a perfect storm. But in terms of Joel Plaskett, I don't think he's ever 
want it doesn't feel like he's ever wanted to break in the states like i kind of feel like he's happy doing his thing and i'm sure he's happy to know that people are listening but i don't i don't know that he's ever tried to tour here i don't it just kind of feels like he's kind of doing his own thing in canada that's a good point because some of the people he's toured were like kathleen edwards who i love and uh two hours traffic and, and things like that think if they've done stuff it's been like eastern canada tours yeah and i think he could probably do that and like make a living at mm-hmm. and and be fine without having to come and play these really crappy clubs in the states if he did yeah and you know That's drive for, sure. for 18 hours between each gig and i don't know maybe it's just not worth it I guess that's math that every band has to do. <laughs> I think right. this record is overlooked and underappreciated, and particularly our American friends, you guys need to go check this out and look it up and get to know Joel a little bit better. Just a pure, talented guy who knows songcraft and um, has so many things to say and so many stories to tell through song and this is the best of his of his efforts i think i think so too and i haven't heard all of his stuff but this record is very easy to sit through i do want to say though if you are looking this up on spotify this is one of those things i don't like you have to look up joel plaskett emergency if you just look up joel plaskett it just has his quote unquote solo albums although the emergency those are basically solo albums too but because it's him and two other dudes, two other dudes but yeah they're i think they're side men that play on the record but so look up joel plaskett emergency and then you can find uh, ashtray rock listen under that because if yeah. you just look that up joel plaskett it's it's separate which is stupid they do it with alice cooper too right alice cooper band and then alice cooper is different but you know what it's like that's the same guy yeah He's just agreed to play with the band. Yeah, uh, so you'll if you're also on, notice if you're on Spotify or whatever, and you can't find it. That's why. Yeah, you also notice that there are two versions on Spotify. One's buggy, and one's not. One I, I don't know where it is, um, but I'll try and put the right link in the description for this episode. One's buggy. What do you mean? Uh, some of the songs just end. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah. All right. So I don't know if they if they know that or if they just can't pull it down or they know. both seem to be the same in every other sense, but I don't know why that one's different. Huh. Okay. The one I've been listening to this week is the the one that I've heard before. So okay. I didn't I didn't notice that, but Yeah. But there are two of them on there, which is just bizarre. Like if one works, keep it, but yeah. I can't I tell that. if there's a difference any other way. It just seems like there's always a remaster or something, and so I don't pay a whole lot of attention to all of that. But yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I think the, that's about all I gotta say. It's good. Yeah, we flogged that horse. So, Ashtray go. Rock, Joel Plaster Emergency, go buy it. Um, it's not on his website. He does have some records on there, and he's got a Thrush Hermit shirt you can buy and some other stuff but this one is not on there i don't so but if you want to check him out he's got a lot of other stuff out there but um 
you're right. This one's the best one. Yeah, for sure. All right, kids. Uh, have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. All right. See ya.